Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm your host. My name is David Almeida. And every week, I sit down with an actor or artist friend. We watch an episode of the classic sitcom, The Facts of Life. Then I hit record. We talk about the show, synopsize the show, and give a lot of commentary and criticism. And of course, most importantly, worship of a show that we absolutely love. My guest this week is Natalie Dolliner. Natalie is a crazy talented, multifaceted lady. She is a singer. She's a dancer. She's a producer. She's a director. Uh, she's a very good friend of mine. We've done many a cabaret together. And uh, she's also a doctor of oriental medicine a.k.a. an acupuncturist. So uh, Dr. Natalie Dolliner and I watched season four, episode three, was called The Sound of Silence, and the original air date was October 6th, 1982. Before we proceed, this is the first week my Patreon has been up and running. So I need to start thanking my new patrons, uh, or as I call them, my Tutti Fruities, who now sponsor the show, it's very interesting that first weekend it was live. I always talk about my fives of listeners. Well, I have five new patrons. How fitting. Anyway, I want to welcome to the Tutti Fruities, Andrea L., Brian F., Michelle B., Pam M., and Lisa M. You guys are awesome. I so appreciate it. And if you wish to become a patron of the show, head over to patreon.com slash facethefactspod. Okay, are we ready to jump on into this week now? I think so. Let's face the facts with Natalie Dolliner. Well, hello and welcome, Hi. Natalie Dolliner. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah, finally. You're right. one of the uh, inner sanctum, the people I've referred to before as the close friends I Ooh. keep in my back pocket. <laughs> you said... You must have had a cancellation. I figured, you know. <laughs> but no. I no. always come when I'm called. That's what they say on the bathroom wall anyway. Is it? So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm uh-huh. Well, we have watched the... Se- okay, we, we before we even start with the title of the show, <laughs> it is called The Sounds of Silence. I thought it was called The Sound of Silence, singular, because mm-hmm. that's what it says on the Wikipedia page. And I'm inclined to believe... Because everything on Wikipedia is right. It's on the internet, Because anybody can write on it. That's how you know it's true. Exactly. So, but the thing is, I'm looking at the DVD box, which really kind of has to be considered the definitive. This is from the producers, creators. It says the sounds, plural. I'm so impressed by this box, I can't even tell you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it has them listed. Well, this is, wow. uh, you know, Sounds several. Sounds of silence. So it, the, uh, according to the DVD, it's called the Sounds of Silence. Because all the things you're not hearing. It, multiple I, silence. Yeah. It, it's even deeper. But then you just heard me before we started recording. I pulled up on my phone. I was like, well, what's the name of the Simon and Garfunkel song? It's the sound. Singular. Shouldn't it be the Sounds of Silences? And, Hello, darkness, my old friend. No, I mean the show. The Sounds of Silences. But, but why, if if you're... You're not hearing anything plural as opposed to not hearing The sounds of silences. Shouldn't it be the sound of silences? Sound of a silencer. <laughs> That's a whole different show. Okay. The silence. Well, the silence we, of sounds. Well, okay. Next Putting fringe show. the title aside, we watched what I will now heretofore refer to as the sounds of silence. Any previous references to sound, I am wrong, as is Wikipedia. Uh-huh. But we watched it and... Boy, oh boy, it was it was oh, quite an episode. Oh. <laughs> it was so awful. But um, I, I, I concur. And delightful. Absolutely, and I loved every minute of hating it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so before we start, Natalie, tell me what was your relationship with the show? Did you uh, did you grow up watching it? Did you watch it in reruns? No, I'll tell you the truth. I watched it in reruns when I was homesick and had nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. But like by many. The, by the time this show came out, it started in, what, 79? I'd already graduated from high school okay. and was watching things that I could choose to watch. I'd already moved away from home and everything. Oh, yeah. This is not something I would have chosen to watch on purpose, so I didn't. I'm sorry. I know it probably was a favorite of yours, but, yeah, um, but no. it's, it was not one of mine. It no. was only if there was nothing else on 
because you know there weren't a lot of channel choices. No, and I had were. nothing better to do, which is usually meant I was homesick. Yeah, well, that's it. Taking and, a break from drinking. What can I tell you? And, uh, <laughs> and as a high school graduate in 1970, you are totally not the target audience. You're old. No. You were. You were. I was old bit... then. I'm old now. It's no, just, yeah. <laughs> that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. But it's true. It's true. Uh, so. Uh, before we start into the deep stuff and the many questions you told me you have, <laughs> I always like to ask my guests to do a quick, just two-sentence synopsis like you might read in the TV guide so people understand what did we just watch. Okay. It's an episode where Tootie is supposed to be worried about losing her hearing, but really there's a lot of other stuff to be seriously worried about. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So many questions. Yeah. Of, of all the of all the problems this episode presents, the the hearing is the least of them. Absolutely. It's so minor. Not. I think I was thinking. I think like next to Brian and Sylvia, as far as the interracial awful backdoor pilot that they tried um, at the end of season two, I think this is my least favorite episode. Like I cannot remember one I enjoyed less than this. <laughs> Now, interesting fact, this is season three, episode, uh, I'm sorry, season four. Four, episode three. Episode three. But uh, if you look at the production information, which is on Wikipedia, this is actually the first episode they filmed for the new season. So this was, I don't know if they intentionally broadcast them out of order, if they decided to go with stronger episodes first, but this was the first one. Stronger than this one? I know. (laughs) Hard to imagine. <laughs> this one would have been shown at 2 a.m. Uh, opposite the Star Spangled Banner. Um, so, yeah, we can, let's let's do this and start getting into it right here. We start in the cafeteria. Okay. Is it just me? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you said you had questions I from the first so frame. many do questions. It. All right. So, Joe is, is for some reason... Waxing a floor. Okay, the chairs are up in this cafeteria, right? Yeah. So that she can wax the floor. Mm-hmm. Cafeterias are used to serve, I'm guessing, meals. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, Joe is wearing her school uniform. Yeah. She's not attending a class at this moment. Yeah. However, in walk, uh, the first two, Blair, I think, first comes in, um, right? Well, Mrs. Gare, all this other, Mrs. Yeah. Gare comes in. Yeah, okay, Blair. But within the first minute, yeah, Blair's we've first. established that it is now lunchtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jerry is taking Jerry Blair is taking to Blair's lunch. lunch. First of all, what kind of school allows them to have so much time that they can actually go out for lunch? We got 45 minutes, yeah. personally. But okay, never mind that. Yeah. She's, she's washing what seems to be the main means of egress. And she's waxing this floor. Is she yeah. trying to kill them? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And secondly... What, if, if it's lunchtime and they're in the cafeteria, shouldn't they be serving food? Yeah. And, and oh. why are we waxing a floor while everybody's supposed to be coming in, in to the eat? In the middle of the in day. In the middle of the day. And she's getting mad and no one, Mrs. Garrett doesn't say to her, well, Joe, I can't do her voice. You'll have to do it. Why are you not, why are you, why don't you wait until there's no one around? Yeah. Shouldn't, it should I be. I don't understand. It should be. SOP that you wax the floors at night. Right. That after It's after closing kind oh, of a thing. I don't... I but yeah, I agree with you. They put that in there because there is this oh, running... Oh, Joe's not in the scene. Well, Joe's not in the scene, but there's also a running gag of them walking through. That's the comedy they're trying to create in this otherwise dreadful scene. Blair has the most logical line of anyone... Oh, excuse me for walking on the floor. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, you, true. It's the only way into the building, apparently, <laughs> right. at this moment. Yes. So. You are so right. And I've often cited how, as a cafeteria, how rarely we ever see food. And even when they're cleaning up, it'll be plates with crumpled up napkins on them. And um, yeah, there's there's but so the many problems are here. up. Yeah, and the chairs are up, but... <laughs> like yeah. it's over, but, but and, she's and, about to go to lunch. Yeah, and all of them are wearing their uniforms. All of them. So this is clearly a school day. Right, they're in the middle of the day. We yeah, know. She's it is a school day. For lunch. And even when they're not in their uniforms, I have cited, it's a weekend. People still eat. You got three meals a day to hash out. But we know it's not a weekend because within moments... Uh-huh. <laughs> Tootie and Natalie come walking in in the middle of an argument from... Okay, that's my next question. Okay, next question. Tootie is younger than everybody, right? Just by a year. So she's, she's in the same classes. Uh, 
We uh, Again, Natalie, you are asking questions that have been asked by the ages on this podcast. Be- because, because Natalie and Tootie are attending, okay, they're attending a drama class. Which is an elective. You could say there might be a mixture, maybe. So this leads to my next question. Is it okay to jump into these? Because I... I do right. it. Do it. From what <clears throat> I remember of drama classes, <laughs> one chooses a scene that exists in life. Yes. Picks a partner. Yes. Discusses what's going to be done and presents said scene to audience for some kind of grade. Yeah. Right? But Published then, so right. that you can have some type of a barometer to know if it's a good right. King Lear or a shitty King Lear. So apparently, in this particular scenario, <laughs> Natalie has written a scene that Tootie does not know anything about until suddenly she's presenting it. It's... Uh, okay. And then, what is she, 16? Yeah. Your old girl has come up with the joke. Now, we understand that she's supposed to be some kind of aged Jewish man. It gives them a chance to have these jokes on her. Yeah. But she's supposed to have thought of... Yeah. (laughs) Should I even repeat the joke? I just... You know, you've only touched me once in the last year. Explain. I made a mistake. I don't even remember yeah, the joke anymore. It was, it was I, I didn't so, even... Yeah, it was I a sex it out. joke. It was, it was just so uh, yeah. inappropriate. I just couldn't even... You are totally right that we have got this combination performance slash playwriting class that has meshed together and also is an elective that girls from multiple grades can go to. Because right now, Tootie is a sophomore, Natalie is a junior, and Blair and Joe are seniors is where oh. we are in this season. Right. So, um, but yes, that all happens. We do need to point out before that we have uh, the return of Roy. Roy, the Roy? bakery delivery guy. I didn't know if he was recurring. Remember, I you know this show is I yeah. I, I knew here Roy stranger is, in this land. Roy is a recurring character because they thought you know we need someone to molest the tomboy, and he has been on once before. In this. Roy just comes in to be all lovey-dovey with Joe when he keeps calling and he keeps calling her my pet and don't worry baby and she's like Roy fuck off and die and he's like I like my women mean and in the first episode we saw him there was there was a likability about him the fact that it wasn't uh, he he doesn't come off as arrogant an arrogant cocky I'm not taking no for an answer. There's just... Just creepy. Yeah. This episode, it sort of starts veering into creepy because it's like, he's really not getting... Read the room. And he does it to Blair on the way out. Yeah. But she likes it. Yeah. And that's... But we've talked about many times. Read the room. Joe is clearly not happy and or very busy trying to wax this floor... (laughs) In the middle of the day. In the middle (laughs) of the day. So Blair comes in. Blair is wearing the blue blazer. Blair's blue blazer, very important to me. And that's where you learn Jerry is taking Blair to lunch. And then in come Natalie and everybody, of course, is stepping on the floor. Natalie and Tootie come in arguing. And this is a common thing to have the entrance line be, I don't see why you just couldn't have done this scene. That went blah, blah, blah. So they're arguing back and forth. Um, and yeah, what the uh, annoying thing is that Natalie is of the opinion that Tootie ruined her beautiful scene that she wrote for drama class. But Tootie's pushback is, it's written lousy and I can't play it and I can't act it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, gee, it's a good thing there's no, you know, adult or a teacher or anybody here to mediate this in the classroom setting. And then Cousin Jerry arrives. And we love when Jerry is just kind of woven into the fabric of the show so Yet another question but yes okay yeah she so. wasn't i mean she was on like i think a dozen episodes over three or four years she so she just conveniently arrives to take blair to lunch because she's performing at not the howard johnson's what is it some some comic lounge at, it, some at the, howard ha- the howard johnson's it was at the howard johnson's yeah we need to address this <laughs> Now, Jerry is a stand-up comic. Jerry Jewell was a stand-up. That's how she right. was discovered. I get that. And Jerry Tyler, first appearance, they called her Jerry Warner and realized, oh, she can't be Blair's cousin through Blair's mother and have the same last name. So Jerry Warner was the first time West he met Virginia. her. West Virginia, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Alabama. Um, so uh, then she became Jerry. She's my sister. She's my mother. Right. My sister. My daughter. My sister. My daughter. But... Um, she became Jerry Tyler. And uh, so Jerry Tyler is also 
a comedian and a stand-up comic. Now, here's the interesting thing. There was an episode where she had a brief fling romance with one of the teachers at Eastland because she's grown up. She's not a student. She's Blair's cousin. And when the teacher met her, he said, wait a minute. I, I feel like I've seen you or I recognize you. And she's like, oh, really? And he says, you were on the Merv Griffin show. And she corrects him and says, well, actually, it was Mike Douglas or vice versa. But the idea is he recognized her from television. And those, those two shows were huge. Those were like the 4.30 p.m. time slot when mom was making dinner. Mm-hmm. Like that was both Merv Griffin and Mike Douglas were popular shows. Yes, I know. So to be a stand-up comedian, to appear on that, that is achieving, uh, I think, a mid to high level of fame. And from that to the Howard Johnson. And now she's back at the Howard Johnson. She was at like the Elks Club. Have I you think. not seen this as Spinal Tap? It happens to everyone. And apparently she has begun the downward spiral. Hey. So she must be she must be staying there because what she say if if i make them laugh they'll connect my television yeah what the heck? what does that mean i was that very... that is a we need her to sit we need a joke here so put in a funny line and if we think of something they couldn't have asked her to write one she's a comedian uh, you'd think yeah and they they don't seem to mind exposing their own writing i mean the bickersons going back was one of the funniest shows ever well, really, I'm it not was. I, well, I'm old. See, I know these things. <laughs> the Bickersons are funny. Really? Yeah. While they're there in the cafeteria, Natalie says, "Let's do the scene again, and let's let them decide." And I think Jerry too. You're you mm-hmm. you know funny, Jerry. She's ex- excited because she has a professional there. Yeah, I have right? a professional opinion because you're a professional. You work at the Howard Johnsons. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, she says, "Natalie, let's do the scene again." And Tootie says, "I don't do garbage." It's like, girl. Right? You're best for you are besties. And I get that when people are close to you, you can give them shit and you can be a little more blunt with them, but that is hitting below the belt. But it's okay because Mrs. Garrett is there to make it all right. Yeah. Except she doesn't. No. (laughs) So they do the scene and it is like. Can we just back up? Because Mrs. Garrett did something that made me really good. Because when she says, I don't do garbage and. Natalie says, Mrs. Garrett, do you remember what Mrs. Garrett says? No. Do the garbage. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, yes, there's your Not adult don't fi- call it no, garbage. No, right, exactly. To no. Do the garbage. Yeah. Not, I mean, play the scene. Like, not, hey, talk nice to your fucking right. friend. Exactly, exactly. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so that was shocking. And yes. then they play the scene, and it's a husband and wife at home. And they both play it so awfully. Like, there's... There's a sense of intentional bad performance about it. But the jokes are also so adult. Yeah, well, this the middle aged. not just bickering. The vaudevillian. Yeah, we talk about the vaudevillian middle aged writers and how often those voices are coming out of these teenage girls so often and so illogically. You're totally right. In five years, you touched me once. Why? Was a mistake. Yeah. What? These girls will be virgins until they're 22 years old, okay? It's like, yeah, no, you're right. So anyhow, it's terrible. And at one point, Natalie is standing behind Tootie and says her line. And Tootie doesn't pick up her cue. Tootie doesn't respond. And and she says, Tootie, what? You know, would you pick up your cues? That's part of the reason why I think the scene didn't work. And she's standing in a weird place. And Tootie at one point says, this is my best side, does she say? Or something weird like that. Anyhow, it's a really weird scene. And then Mrs. Garrett says, oh, that's the Bickersons. I used to love them on the radio. (laughs) And Natalie's like, what? What? No one has ever written a comedically bickering husband and wife ever before in the history of show business. I'm the pioneer. I'm the trailblazer here. And um, and that does make sense, by the way. Mrs. Garrett, if assuming she and Charlotte Ray are the same age. Charlotte Ray was born in 25 or 26. So the Bickersons ran, I think, 46 to 52. And was my... on television as well. Oh, really? Yes, it was. Oh, okay. The point is they were really well written. Oh, yeah. Very adult. Yeah. And, and just, just 
barely concealed sexuality. So yeah, like they love each other, but they bicker and but they but they money, love but each other. Or they do. It's not yeah, just you know. I'm I'm thinking about the comic strip, the Lockhorns. Isn't that what yes. they were called? It's that same type but, of humor, but less clean. Yeah, it was it was just barely concealed. That was sort of one of the running gags. So with the fact that of all the jokes they could have picked, that they picked one that is so about sex, like I know, you know, like oh, you touched me once in five years. Oh, I met, I I goofed. It's like yeah. wait, so you guys are talking about sex in your little scene? Yeah. What else do you think that's about? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Tootie whatever. called it garbage. If she, if <laughs> maybe she's right. Smut. This that's exactly. It's filth. I'm not doing this. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so uh, Tootie refers to it, uh, yeah, you want a vaudevillian writer voice coming out of a a 15-year-old? Tootie says, well, there, that's the problem with it. It's old hat. What teenage girl in 1982 would refer to something as old hat? That's so not, no, 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 no. Um, And then Mrs. Garrett recounts a Bickerson's joke. Like you say. Like you say, and it's like, oh, good, we'll fill some, we'll fill a minute and a half with someone else's joke um but tootie's just annoyed at this point she's like well this is stupid and i'm not wasting my time on this junk anymore and she storms out and then we close up the the loop of the joke of everybody storming out on the floor uh that joe is trying to wax until finally i think it's blair who says i'm not gonna walk on the floor and joe says do it everyone else has and it's like okay because as everyone is Walking around, she continues waxing the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people are actively moving about the space it's now. Like, it's like those people who like, you know, you see in the cartoons where they, they wax the floor, but then they wax themselves into a corner and they can't leave. She's waxed the entire room in the yeah. center because it's like, well, you can't walk on the floor now. Where are they supposed to go? Yeah. We have to cook lunch that was due 10 minutes ago. <laughs> oh my so then the next scene, we go up to the bedroom and it's immediately following. So we have... Um, Tootie storm into the bedroom. Natalie comes in right after her. And they're still shouting. And uh, more dialogue that should not be spoken between friends. Natalie says, and I'm quoting here, I have known you to be mean and obnoxious before, but it's never been this bad. (laughs) What? This is why we're best friends. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But but that's the thing. It's just... I love you more than my luggage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Trinell started me on this where she was the first guest here to say, read the room. And it's like, something is clearly wrong. And even though you're mad because of the insults hurled at your script, in a best friend situation, particularly between two girls, women have so much more natural empathy than boys do. And this is a, okay, Tootie, something is, what is wrong? What's going on with you? What's the matter? That's what that's what the expected obvious response is, not, well, you're being mean and obnoxious, and you always are. Well, now Ooh. we've established, though, I think, in the, I think the previous show, that Natalie's a little precious about her writing. So, a, a little bit, yeah. You know, she maybe still has a little bit of the big head. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I think, I think we'll give her that. And the fact that she was really disappointed to learn that the Bickersons existed. Yeah. But that's um, not Tootie's fault. Uh, yeah, but but it's just put her in a mood, is what I'm saying. I don't agree, but I'm just saying that's maybe that's... That's one of the lessons from that I, I was getting from this show, because this show is full of lessons, right? All of them. And one of the lessons is that if, if you're upset about something, it's okay to be shitty to other people. Yeah, No one's exactly. going to stop you. No one's going to call you on it. It's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah, if sitcoms have taught us anything... Be a bitch. Yeah. And, um, as long as you've got a good reason in your own head. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, another fucking vaudevillian joke. Uh, Tootie's response to Natalie is, you just can't take criticism. You think you're writing for Broadway and it's not even good enough for the hallway. (laughs) And I'm like, you wanted a rim shot so bad there. Right. First of all, it isn't a play. She's written a scene. A scene. That's it. It's barely a scene. And Natalie says, you used to like my writing. And... It's like, well... You used to treat me like a high-class dame. Well, you see you? <laughs> well, that's it. And it's it's just, that's such a weird line. You used to like my writing, as opposed to... We're still doing the Bickersons. You used to like my cooking. Monday, you like tuna. Tuesday, you like tuna. Wednesday, you like tuna. All of a sudden, on Thursday, you don't like tuna. <laughs> that's a great joke. That's a great... I see, I don't know this, but I'm sure... 
because it was radio, because they had to work with this has to be sexual, but not sexual. That's Sid Caesar, I think, said it about the, the Your Show of Shows. He said, we didn't have the freedom to write about anything, about anything we wanted. So that forced us to be creative. And... And they weren't able to be creative, so they simply tried to regurgitate as much yeah. of the old vaudeville as they possibly could in this show. Yeah. And so then during this argument, we have this trope that I've discussed before. The idea that when you're either confronting someone or um, telling them that you love them or you need something from them and then turning away from them mm-hmm. because it looks better on camera. And it looks better on stage, too. We do it as stage actors. They talk about it in in, uh, Waiting for Government, right? I want to do that thing where, like, you close your eyes when you're looking at the person, but then you look away, but then you open your eyes, then you close your eyes, then you look... Yeah. 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 It's that thing of, it's, you know, so much of... People don't realize a lot of what we actors do are... It's making counterintuitive things look natural. You know, they're in this confrontational thing. And... Camera blocking wise, Tootie turns her back to Natalie. And then Natalie says, well, what's wrong with you or something? And then Tootie doesn't respond. And she's like, Tootie? And then she turns around and it's like, okay. Finally, the question is asked. Tootie, have you been having trouble with your hearing? Well, if you pause it, we as audience members would be like, I don't think so. Because a person having trouble with their hearing would never turn their back to a person with whom they're having a conversation. Right. Particularly if they're trying to conceal that they're having trouble with their hearing. So she would, you know, be looking at the lips. When she's performing that scene, she never would have looked away from Natalie as an actress. And this character is going to go on to become an actress, by the way. They're acting in this scene like she's stone deaf. Right? You turn your back and suddenly Tuta can't hear anything. She yeah. has no idea you're talking yeah. about. Three inches from the back of her head, but she can't hear you. But earlier... Mrs. Garrett says some, I forget the joke now, something about French class or what. uh, And she responds with a joke that actually makes sense. Now, Mrs. Garrett was facing the other way. And Tootie responds with a cute little comment about, oh, I don't care about how I'm failing this class because it'll be fine. I don't know what the joke is. It's like, okay, so she heard that. So... Is it that she's losing her hearing? Or are they trying to say that she has gone completely deaf and is reading your lips that she suddenly learned how to do? Yeah. Because, because it, it I, I, Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So how anybody would pick up on the fact that, okay, and so Jerry miraculously, I heard a fight and I couldn't help interrupting. Yeah, Jerry came in and interrupted. She, You're not related to, to me, but I'm going to walk in here yeah. and I'm say in front of your friend. Yeah. Hey, I think you're having this problem with your hearing. How did she pick up on that? You are absolutely right. So I overheard you and I've decided to barge in and and say, I recognize the signs in you as having, because I also have some hearing loss. So I heard you through a closed door with the radio on <laughs> while you were yelling. And, and with my bad hearing, yeah. went ding, 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 <laughs> yeah. you have a problem. And I'm going to say in front of your friend, I think you have a problem. Yeah. And Natalie, it's like, I do have a problem. You know, I don't like when people don't like my work. I've never liked it when people didn't laugh. Yeah, yeah. Remember? Oh, no, I funny. Ta- how silly I was talking to Tootie. I didn't say her name. And she's upset. Like. Yeah. yeah. How are you supposed to know this thing? Yeah, exactly. That is funny. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> so in, many questions. In that <laughs> one little scene I saw you do downstairs, um, I saw enough signs that, yeah, the fact that Jerry, yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Jerry says because of her CP, she too suffers from some hearing loss. And she's saying, I could see the sign moving around a lot, leaning in, getting mad because you can't hear people. And it's like, we don't see her moving around a lot. Or we leaning in. We didn't see her any leaning in. We didn't see her focusing and fixating on people's lips. She'd follow Natalie around in the scene, but... Yeah. But, yeah, and getting mad because you can't hear them. I We don't know that's why she's yeah, getting mad. No, we just yeah. think she's being a bitch for some yeah. reason no, about I Natalie's know, writing. Yeah, I mean, in the sense of, you know, as an elderly person loses their hearing, there's a lot wrapped... That's a lot wrapped around that as far as the aging process and not wanting to admit that. So what? I could <laughs> hey, hey, speak up. What? what? Yeah. <laughs> you mumble. Stop mumbling. <laughs> well that's just exactly That's what that looks like. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it's the well they're getting annoyed because they can't right. hear you. But no no, it's you're getting because it's like, well you need to speak up more. Why are you 
you know, why are you not talking loudly? Look, w- look at me when you're talking to me. I'm becoming an old Jew now. But anyway. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Um, that's, that's my area. Yeah. My bailiwick. And then Tootie does admit, yes, I'm having trouble with my hearing. And then turns away again. (laughs) If you are having trouble hearing, you do not turn away from people. Jesus. That was so frustrating that even if it was they directorially missed it earlier in the earlier scene. At this point, to literally have someone say, I'm having trouble hearing. Why would you block it to have her with her back? It (laughs) makes no sense. Well, why don't you let the doctor tell you if it's something serious? Um, someone says you should call, call the doctor. This, they keep calling the doctor. It's like, the, <laughs> this is a school. There's no nurse. There's no health center. Oh, I know where there's a nurse, Mrs. Garrett, in season one, to make it so that the den mother could teach the sex ed class. Miraculously, she became a, oh, well, I am a registered nurse. And it's like, okay, literally one episode. We never hear of it again. And now she's a dietitian. Anyhow, um, but <laughs> there's a funny Natalie line. Well, no wonder you've been acting like such a jerk. You couldn't help it. <laughs> that is kind of funny. But still, even among best friends, that shit's harsh. No, and, and exactly. Like I said, that you're reinforcing, I think, what this episode is meant to teach us which is if you're upset you can't help but be a bitch, bitch to exactly. everyone you know yeah and Tootie already is good at being a little bitch we've had that happen many times before she's Kim the Fields. snitch too right she likes to tattle and yeah, stuff yeah she's been doing less of that cause she can't hear any of it anymore <laughs> but uh <laughs> oh that was cold <laughs> um yes but then Natalie says smartly they do write in I'm a doctor's daughter this is something you should see a doctor about. And so Natalie, so Tootie admits to two weeks. And, and Natalie says, well, you know, it could be nothing. It could be something simple, but you won't know. And Tootie explodes. Get off my case. I'm not going to the doctor. So, because Jerry's left. Jerry has left, and she told Jerry she would call the doctor today. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Now she's like, I'm not going to the doctor. And she says, remember I had a sty in my eye? It went away. And Natalie says, that's not the same thing. So Tootie says, you're my best friend. I'm counting on you. Don't tell anyone about this. And here comes lesson number two. When you make a promise to your best friend that is endangering their health, you still have to keep the promise? Absolutely. That's what it's all about. It, uh, it is, yeah. It, why would she even make a promise like that? Yeah. Natalie does push back. You can't mess around with your hearing. But I'll be upset. Oh, okay. And then, no. But, and, but not, no. Tootie digs her heels in. Promise. And Natalie's like, okay, I promise. Now, we go to commercial at this point. But what we're missing in this scene is... Um, to, to the best I can phrase it, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. What the <laughs> fuck? So. Why is she so averse to going to the doctor? Why is this not a, gee, I'm not hearing very well. I should probably have that looked at. I, I was wondering the same thing. Like, has she been assaulted by a doctor? Or do we know who the doctor is? Or does she have someone deaf in her family? It's only been two weeks. Yeah. I'm thinking, look, get a wax candle. It's not a big deal. Just yeah, light exactly. it in your ear and put a bing. It's over. I yeah, don't understand. Exactly. Get one of those bulbs, the little squeezy right, things. It's probably exactly. just a buildup of wax. It of could course. be. It could be nothing. And... Um, I mean, yeah, could it be something she, disgusting, like a yeah. bug crawled in your ear? I mean, that's a possibility, uh, that I happens. suppose, but I would yeah. certainly not. Let's not go down that <laughs> road. I'm so bleh, yeah. like, She could have gone to WebMD and just looked it up on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> Ask Nat. She could have called Natalie's father. Yeah, she could have. Yeah. Ask Jerry. She seems to be an expert yeah. on everything. Yeah. Natalie's father, I think, is a heart surgeon, I think. I think he's a cardiac surgeon. But yeah, you never know. Um, but yeah, what we're not... Yeah. We later do finally get a little bit of insight. It is not sufficient. A little part of me wishes that maybe the lesson of this show could have, should have been, don't make the mistakes of our elders. Because it seems like a generational thing that... The generation before us was like, I'm not going to the doctor. 
if I can, I could be bleeding out of both of my eyes, crawling around on stumps. Now it's just, it's just it, get, get the back teen. I'll be fine. And here's another thing. So their first response is go to the doctor. These are not adults. These are children yeah. in school. They have an advisor. Number one, we should tell Mrs. Garrett and ask her what to do. Yeah. And then maybe Mrs. Garrett will go, we should call your parents and see if maybe they would like you to ding, go ding, to the ding, doctor. Ding. Hello. Parents. Now, let's all make this decision ourselves. Now, I can't drive you yet, but yeah. um, get, get, get thee to a doctor on yeah. your bicycle or something. Get Roy is his name. Roy. Get Roy to drive you on his basket yeah. or something. That was really disgusting. Get Roy. <laughs> 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 um, but I mean, in no point did they ever seem to be in communication with Mrs. Garrett where they perhaps might need some intervention. Yeah. Although that's been made clear as to why they might do that because she's not very good at it apparently. Yeah. So what we, I've seen yeah. in this episode so far, but but it's yeah, it's just weird it's like, to me. Like it is call just your parents. so weird. Why? What? I don't get what the stakes are why concealing the fact she's losing her hearing and we'll, we'll get to why they finally do put in a little bit of a reason but it's not sufficient but uh before we get to act two we're at commercial right now natalie um, you know what that means i don't <laughs> this is where i like to get to know my guests and get a little bit of a background about you as a performer and as an artist uh would you be so kind as to give us a little bit of a mini biography of your life where were you born i was born in new jersey plainfield mm-hmm. new jersey um and where did you grow up i grew up in new jersey and maryland mm-hmm. well i grew up <clears throat> at age 28 and up but anyway um yep. yeah so and my first performance that i can remember was completely an accident i think i was in maybe second grade oh yeah and I don't even remember why I did this, but for some reason I had created this whole mime routine with a chair about my mother getting in the car <laughs> where I, I, I'm her and I put on my lipstick and then I put the car in gear, but accidentally it goes in reverse and I go backwards <gasps> on my chair. And I mean, just all, I don't remember a lot of it, but there was a whole bunch of stuff. And my teacher liked it so much that I went around to every single classroom in my elementary school and did it for them. Wow. I was hooked. I was uh, like, this yeah. is this performance stuff is wonderful. Now, I had yes. been a failed ballerina at this point. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I took... Um, well, all right, I should start back, back up. I've been a singer since I was born. Mm-hmm. My mother said she could always recognize me coming down the hall because all the other babies were like, wah, wah, and I was like, wah. <laughs> Sex pot even then. So, um, so yeah, talk about so, how you got so, dancing but, and, and singing. So in first grade, I took one of my... One of my classmates had a mother who had a ballet school in her basement. Mm-hmm. And so we I took ballet and I was kind of terrible at it. <laughs> and so this, I was like, hey, I can act maybe. But it turns out that I couldn't sing at all, at all, at all until, gosh, I don't even know, like years and years and years later, I, I learned how to dance. And so I did another performance in like, I think sixth grade or something. We mm-hmm. had this unit. We had all dance, and they yeah. liked it so much that again they made me do it for this big assembly. Yeah. So, I so thought, it was ballet was the problem, but you you are a dancer. So I am. Clearly, it turned out to be a dancer, and I turned out to be a singer. But as I was no child prodigy, is I guess my point. It was oh, <laughs> a lot of on the job I was training. A very slow learner, and okay. still as an actress, I'm a fabulous singer. So it's just <laughs> it's just one of those things that you know when I was a dancer. Um, I would get parts because I could dance. So I was always getting these like sex pot parts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did a whole show about that. That like yeah. I, I, and it turned out I was a soprano after all that. Who knew? Yeah. You know, I've got this really ridiculous Madeline Kahn kind of voice. Yeah. But I was built like Madeline Kahn. And so I kept getting these, these yeah. other parts. Well, I and think you're two or three feet taller than she was. Perhaps that is it too. <laughs> a... But I have big boobs. And this is before people could make themselves have big boobs. So it was yeah. a big deal. Yeah, you were tall and thin and, and had boobs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so I got into caster. it. I, exactly. I got into it that way. I never had to use the couch, luckily. I guess I was very lucky. And I got to do a lot of touring because of the dancing. And then one day, I don't know what happened. I like was singing hi and my friend who's a director heard me is like holy crap and he put me in a show singing hi and then i started getting parts and then i gave it up i (laughs) (laughs) i've always loved performing now i like writing better i like writing and i like my cabarets and i'm back to doing my mom 
you know, putting on her lipstick. And, yeah, yeah, that was that's what I started with, and that's what I ended up with. I like yeah. to dance for grandma. What can I tell you? It's, yeah. it's my thing. So, yeah, because recently you've done how many cabarets now? Oh, Have God, you? I don't even know. Okay. Um, let's see. I did three, four, five, six, plus seven, plus the one I did with you. Yeah. Eight. And so, yeah, you've done a lot. A but, lot. But there's a lot of, you do a lot of writing and a lot of drawing from your own experience and telling your life stories through song and humor and... And that's really your groove right now. Yeah, they're mostly my story. I mean, you know, they're like 60% true. Was that that line? It's like, oh, the story of my life is much too long and mostly untrue. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's it's just a different I aspect. But I, yeah, I do like writing. And now I've started, I'm writing shows for other people. I have a book in my head, but it's not come out yet. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. It's and in between all in that, you said, oh, I'm going to become an acupuncturist and a doctor. Well, you know, that's not unrelated because when I was a dancer, I used to always um, work on people who were in pain. You know, yeah. dancers are always in pain. Oh, God, And yeah. so I found myself like working on people and I discovered that I actually like that better than the going out on stage. Oh. So, um, so now that... I'm the acupuncturist to the stars. Yes. Like but that's... by you. And... But your sort of your... your um... Your transition drug was you were an LMT for many, many years. I was a massage therapist for a very long time. And um, and I noticed that after all these years, I was really good at diagnosing people and I wasn't allowed to. You're oh, not yeah. allowed to say. So you write down all their symptoms. You say, go tell your doctor all of these things. Yeah. And then the doctor would come back and she'd say, oh my gosh, thank good you, di- you did that because it turns out I have X, Y, Z, you know? Oh. So, so I you thought, said, fuck, I want to be the doctor. That's yeah. it. I'm like, I want to be able to diagnose people. Yeah. So I just decided to go to acupuncture school because I don't really know how that happened. I just woke up one day and went, oh, fuck, I seem to be in school. Yeah. And, and <laughs> then I was I done graduated. And yeah. now I do that mostly. And mm-hmm. and I still, I mean, I, and I Christmas carol. I am a professional Christmas caroler. Yeah. Put on the hoop skirt and the bonnet and I just run around and sing. Yeah. It's stupid, but and, it's fun. And you and I have worked together, not just we did a joint cabaret mm-hmm. about all 1970s variety shows. I know. God, I got another I one coming up about the 70s. We'll talk. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes, we will. Um, and uh, we've worked together as uh, you as choreographer and me as dancer. That's, <laughs> That's a, right. A sorry place to be, to be the choreographer <laughs> for me or anyone of my dancing skill level. But And you have worked uh, for the theme parks, but more as a, like a contract person. Yeah, I've been a contract person for, uh, for just Disney. Just All Disney. of the Disney parks, but just at Disney. Just Disney. Yeah. And that's... But you're I've been one a hippie f- camper at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> but you're one of the few people uh, on this show who have, at you know, at points in your life, earned your living from performing, but not exclusively through the theme parks, through full-time work at a theme park. I have been an independent contractor for so many years. Yeah. I thought about going to audition for like Voices of Liberty or something, you know, because of that seems like that would have been a good niche. Most yeah. of my friends ended up there. And it's like, I remember a friend of mine said, you won't like it. You know, it's the same thing every day with the same people. I'm like, yeah. I cannot. No, no, I just, no. I love being an independent contractor in everything that I do. Yeah. From and, the, always. And, and now as a doctor, you, I work you for are myself. your own boss. Yeah. I have a bitch for a boss, but you know. <laughs> I hate her so much. <laughs> I love her, but she gives me a lot of time off, mm. so that's good. Well, well, I always love when we perform together. You me frequently too. you frequently uh, request and ask me to guest star and let me guest star in some of your cabarets, and those are always fun. I invite you on everyone. You you do. I do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're so nice, and I I wish I could always say yes, but I I try to as often as I can. So, uh, yeah, but you know what? I would not be able to sing or hear you sing, Natalie, if I had the same problem Tootie has. So we need segue. Is that was that? That I think that was that was as clumsy and it was was, better than the writing on the show. (laughs) You read my mind. This is how we are. You read my. I was just gonna say. I think it was clunky and not as poorly written as the rest of the episode. Mm -hmm. So um, now we come in. So it's Act Two. We're back from a commercial. Um, Tootie is wearing headphones, Walkman headphones, which is like, oh my god, and they they have a distinct look about them, but. What a curious, I guess if you want to listen to music, 
you and you wanted to not annoy other people, but if you're losing your hearing and you can't hear someone standing behind you. See, I thought it was a device that she was using so that people would understand why she wasn't oh. hearing them. It's not that I can't hear you. It's that I've got my... She probably doesn't even have anything on. You're right. They're not on. I never even thought of that. See? Wow. Now, if someone had walked up and said... Smarter than I look, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> someone should have walked up to her that. and said, hey, what are you listening to? And pull the earphone and have her be like, hey, hey, no, no don't touch that. And I'd be like... That would have been good writing. Are, are you listening to... what?" He goes, there's nothing there. And have her be, it was between songs. Don't touch my headphones or something. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. That would have been really smart. Um, so <laughs> we're, this is a typical getting ready for meal time. We're smoothing the tablecloths. Not preparing any food. Smoothing the <laughs> tablecloths. And, and at one point, somebody comes in. I think it's Joe. Comes in with the plate of... Bud vases with little flowers in them. They spend so much time. Did your high school look like that? What? Well, I went to a public high school. Me too, but... This is this is a private... This is a very chic private school in upstate New York. So chic private schools have flow, buds of flowers well, on the table. T- TV shows that need busy work for their actors to do. <laughs> and so often... How that's... about waxing the floor again? We're about to serve lunch. <laughs> I know, Why not? really? It's perfect. <laughs> We had a thing happen last week where we had Blair standing next to Mrs. Garrett and we realized they were wearing, for all intents and purposes, the same outfit. It was a ruffledy blouse with the puffy sleeves, long sleeve, A-line skirt, uh, but Blair always has boots to cover her legs for some reason. Tootie is wearing that same outfit this week. It is a blouse with, I call it a Dorothy Michaels blouse. Right, you know, because it covers so much. It's a plaid pattern. It's mostly blue with some purple and red, and it's got ruffles right down the front. It's got ruffles all the way up to her wrist, and it has got particularly puffy sleeves. Which I think, if they designed it this way, they designed it to try and have the sleeves offset her boobs because she is very, very busty. I'm more concerned with the hairdo, and I know that that was the style too, but holy crap, look at yeah. her hair. Yeah, I call it I call it her penis head hairdo. <laughs> but um, It's but, Shields and Yarnell, remember them? Yeah, oh God, yeah, both yeah. of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were mimes, so that made sense. Clowns and mimes. She is yeah. not a mime or a clown. Yeah, and there was a sort of a unisex element, the fact that Shields and Yarnell were sort of this right. yin and yang of, you know, not quite masculine, not quite feminine. But this is either that or I think it is that they had to buy such a large blouse to accommodate accommodate. her chest. The sleeves were just that big. She's got the Fred Mertz pants line with that skirt. I know. These pants are eating Fred Mertz. They get higher and higher. Her her skirt is like up under her boob. Nobody wears a skirt like that. But that skirt, it's just, it's, it's an odd outfit and it looks more like something Mrs. Garrett would be wearing. It looks, uh, we know that girls, teenage girls did dress like they were 45 back in the 80s. That was the style. But this is just, this is a particularly bad costume fail because because it fits her so tightly around the chest and because the skirt is so high, she looks so old. So then Mrs. Garrett says that she's heard from Tootie's English teacher that she was clowning around in class, meaning she was asked a question and she responded in a different way because she didn't hear the question right. And so... It mentions that her English grades are going down and she's also having trouble in French class. And she says, Mrs. Garrett says, what's going on? And Tootie says, it's a phase I'm going through, like wearing knickers. (laughs) Oh, I'm covering my face. This is a double face palm, people. I'm like... I thought it was code. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It's just a phase. Yeah, like wearing knickers. Um, if this were England, knickers, I of would, course. That was exactly what I would thought. be. Knickers are underwear in England, but no, here, knickers are the short needs. pants that boys wore in the 1940s. No, no, women wore them. 
It was it was a fed. I had a I had a whole I had knickers. I wore absolutely wore them. I'm I don't trust that the writers were talking about your knickers. I think they're talking about <laughs> they're talking I about t- I hardly knew them. <laughs> <laughs> What's let's kind of get into the bare bones of this scene. Uh, it is Joe who comes in with the flowers and the bud vases. She asks Tootie if she wants to clear, meaning clearing the dishes. Mm-hmm. And Tootie says something like, No, it's raining. And so Natalie quickly has to intervene. And be like, ha, 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 you're just kidding. No, she says, you know, she never, cl- she never clears when it's raining, when it's raining right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Yeah. Then uh, Jerry comes in and we have a very poorly, poor comic timing issue go on here. But that's appropriate. They're laughing. And Jerry walks in and says, oh, hey, guys, I heard the laughter. It's been so long. So we now know she bombed. Right. But that's. That's making a little bit of a leap there where we have to be like, huh? It is clearly the next day. But um, finally, after a pause where you kind of hear this sense of from the audience, finally someone says, oh, your act didn't cut it. And Jerry says, there was a tour group from Ohio. And it's like, okay, that's bad for cerebral palsy comedy. I don't know. And the next line really confused me. They they was it they they were okay until they realized I wasn't part of the package. Uh, yeah. Does that mean her show wasn't free? They thought they could have her. I'm not. I was I, not yeah. at all clear. Like again, they should have let her write her own jokes. I, yeah. I was true. So confused. Yeah. There, there's a moment where Jerry looks at Tootie, or there's a sense of so, and Tootie uh, just says, "I have to go to the library." excuses herself to buy a book to buy a book (laughs) and mrs garrett's like they don't sell books at the library and she's like well i need to see it before i buy and she it's just a lame joke and she leaves so now they're talking about tootie when she's not there i'm worried mrs garrett says she's spacey and impossible and she's not getting along with people and her grades are slipping and she's so touchy and then jerry says to natalie she didn't go to the doctor, did she? And Natalie's like, she said she's feeling better. Then we hear, ow, outside the door. And Tootie comes limping in with Roy. Apparently, Roy hit her with his bike. He feels terrible. He says he rang his bell and she didn't hear him. So he was delivering. And he doesn't know how to turn his handlebars uh, to avoid her. Apparently not. Yeah. It's right. asking too much. Yeah, she just jumped in front of him. Anyhow, um, Roy feels terrible about it. And so he's having a panic attack. And he says the room is spinning. So why they say, Joe, take Roy into the kitchen. Yeah, Joe, the one that Roy harasses regularly. Why don't you go and take him into the kitchen and get him back into shape? He says, you can revive me, my little Florence Nightingale. And it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ, Roy. (laughs) Uh, So then... Uh, Tootie's like, I'm sure it's okay. And then Natalie says, no, it's not okay. Natalie spills the beans. She makes Tootie fess up. My ears have been clogged. Um, and, uh, the nice moment. She says, Natalie, you promised you weren't going to say anything. And, uh, you're a traitor. And Jerry goes, uh, bitch, you promised me you would go to the doctor. And then Tootie goes so far as to say, Natalie, Not just a traitor. You're not my best friend anymore. I will never forgive you, and I will never trust you again. It's just like, okay, Jerry, go help her with her. She has a scraped up knee. She was limping a little. She's not limping by the end of the episode. It was just a minor injury. Anyway, um, now we're up in the bedroom, and uh, in the bedroom, Jerry and Tootie have their moment. This is the sensitive moment. So Jerry says, why didn't you go? And you're terrified. She So she say that? I forget. Anyhow, Tootie's response is, What if I'm going deaf? My grandfather is deaf. I'm not going to the doctor and I'm not wearing a hearing aid. And then she starts crying. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Everything was supposed to be perfect. I don't want to be handicapped. <gasps> and Jerry is just standing there like, did you just fucking say <laughs> what you just fucking said? She immediately catches herself. To Tootie's credit, as soon as it comes out of her mouth, she's like, oh, God. And she says, Jerry, please don't hate me, but I don't. 
Right. So she doesn't actually make it okay. She doesn't go, oh, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. It's, she's like, I'm owning it. Yeah. I don't wish to be handicapped. Solution? I think the handicap is not in your ears. I think it is between your ears, but that's yeah. something different. <laughs> You're so right. Yes. Jerry surprisingly lets her off the hook. Yeah. In response to, I don't want to be handicapped. She doesn't write her own lines, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Jerry says, nobody does. And well, she's kind of right. That That is a very Jerry line. Yes. And you almost expect her to say, well, if I could choose not to have cerebral palsy, I would, you know, I, I didn't want to have this, but... Guess yeah. what? No shit, Sherlock is basically her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be. It's like. No shit, Sherlock. Yeah. No one does. But, yeah. No. Or, or but better, may I or point better. out the fact that only for two weeks have you had a little trouble with your hearing. So I'm thinking you haven't suddenly gone deaf unless there was some big boom that happened outside. Yeah. My 90 year old grandfather. Yeah. Lost his hearing and I'm not going to wear hearing aid too. Yeah. And, or carry a cane. But yeah. So this is, this is where it at. This is uh, literally. The only explanation they provide is that her grandfather is deaf. And she says, I don't want to wear a hearing aid. She doesn't want to, and it's like, what? I'm not so vain that I care about wearing this hideous ass blouse. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> or this haircut, which yeah. will hide whatever's going on behind my exactly. ears. I am not wearing a hearing aid. I draw the line somewhere and that's but, it. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just. <sighs> Even if it was, if they had just put in a lot more, it's going to fix itself. It's going to be fine. Right. Or it's I'll go to the doctor right. at some point. But the fact that there's just this sense of false urgency and angst about it. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. And then Tootie says, it's not fair. And now here's our moment. And this is for all intents and purposes, the Mrs. Garrett moment, but they've given it to Jerry because we're dealing with disability here. And Jerry says, life is not perfect. That's not what matters. When bad things happen, it's what you do about it that counts. (laughs) (sighs) When life hands you lemons. Yes. But, um, But yeah, the deal is... That's not bad. That's not wrong. <laughs> you would love it if she framed it with, I know this may sound cheesy. I know this may sound, but you know. Anyway, Jerry sells it as best she can. And well, then, and you're talking uh, about uh, the uh, acting. Oh, I'm sorry. Just I was I ha- just looked at my notes here and I realized this is from before, but it's, <laughs> they make a big deal about that. How can I do that when you're overacting? She says, well, overacting. Oh, does she say, yeah. I'm a- <laughs> yes, that's funny. So then. Um, Mrs. Garrett comes in and says, uh, I'm, I call the doctor and he can see you right away because doctor's offices are always... The doctor. The doctor. The doctor. That's right. Because the this doctor. is the sitcom doctor. She happens to have the number yeah, four. I, I didn't get permission from your parents nope. or anything. Nope. Your parents aren't going to find out till after the fact. I don't know who's going to pay for it. Yep. But exactly. you're going to the doctor. Yep. And uh, Maybe there's one on campus. But... but at one that point, we've never seen before. The infirmary, or I think they do mention that, but no, that, that doesn't, I agree with you. There, there is, there should be. Um, then she turns, Tootie turns to Jerry. Will you come with me? And so Jerry. Fuck you, Mrs. Garrett. I don't care if you made the appointment. I know, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, the whole thing, will you come with me to keep reminding me that having a disability is not the worst Because no matter thing? what happens to me, I'll feel better than I when I look yeah, at you. Exactly. It's <laughs> like, what's, yeah. It's like those pretty girls like to keep ugly girls with them, right? Just yeah. to make themselves oh, feel geez. prettier. So then we go back to the cafeteria for the final scene of the episode. Guess what we're futzing with again? Tablecloths! Not Blair, waxing the floor. <laughs> yeah. Blair looks like she's polishing the silver or something. It's like, what? You need to be making food. People are hungry. Um, so there's somehow talk. So it's Blair, Natalie, and Joe. And so there's some talk about friends, and Natalie says, "Ah, oh, why make friends? They turn against you. And Blair and Joe say to Natalie, you did the right thing. Tootie, Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so then Tootie comes in, and, and Natalie immediately apologizes to Tootie and says, Tootie, I'm so sorry I did it for you. And Tootie's like, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. And then Mrs. Garrett names the disease, it is some fluid in her ear that became infected. Uh, and the weirdest 
Joe thing. Joe. Suddenly they decide to make a joke out of the fact that Joe is really interested by the grossness of it. And she's like, yeah, what kind of fluid was there? And then what did they have to do? And she's like, well, they had to make a small incision and then insert a tube and drain the fluid out. And Joe was like, did you save it? Or something. And, and then later when she's like, I have to go back and have them check the tube. And Joe was like, can I go with you? It, we've never had this from Joe right? before. Like, you know, oh, really? Did he pop any pimples on your back? <laughs> it's like, it was such a weird, weird, out of left field Joe thing. I mean, she just other, didn't have a lot to do, but then neither did Blair on this. So yeah, other than the tomboy aspect of you know, I I like the snips and snails and puppy dog tails. I, that's it. I think you know we we've established that this is a writer's room full of old Jewish men. Yeah. So true. I, I guess this is what they understand the tomboy to be. Yeah. I. But it's, not interested in girls. That would not be acceptable. But but she's rough and tough and talks with this accent. And why does Tootie not apologize? Yeah. Exactly. Why like, does Tootie not apologize? Boy, if it had a... not been for you snitching, I might have gone deaf completely for real. The very thing I was afraid of. So thank you so much, Natalie, for saving me from that horrible, horrible fate. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. Not at all. Nor does Mrs. Garrico, you know, do the act, yeah. do the voice. I can't yeah. do it. You know, Judy, you could have. You were a little fucking bitch to your best friend. <laughs> say thank you. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> Anyhow. Um, <laughs> I just uh, wanted to hear you do that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, so she says there's a little tube that needs to stay in my ear. And Blair, the vain one, is like, can people see it? And I'll throw that like, hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Tootie says, what difference does it make? I'm suddenly not concerned about vanity anymore. And uh, she does say, if I'd waited longer, it could have damaged my middle ear permanently. And she does say to Natalie, thanks for being such a fink. Oh, good. I guess I missed that. <laughs> and then we needed a joke to end the episode on. So we get this. Um, the doctor says it probably started because I had a cold last month. And Natalie says, wait a minute. The cold that you caught when you went outside with a wet head? And she's like, maybe. Because I told you. Not Now, speaking of becoming the old Jewish man, this is where Natalie is becoming the old Jewish mother here. When I told you specifically not to go outside with a wet head, and you did anyway? And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well... Now, when you make fun of me for saying not to go outside with a wet head, who's going to make fun of me now? And they all quickly team up and they're like, oh, not us. No, Natalie, we're not going to ever question you again. And Natalie just goes, ah, sure, you say that now. End of episode clap track. Uh, uh. Mm. Wow. Um... Sometimes you just take the bad, you take the bad. Bad, you take the bad, and, <laughs> and more of the bad, the bad, the bad. Um, yeah, not their strongest episode. I'm glad it didn't start the season. It's not just that the writing is bad, which it is. Yeah. It's more that um, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, if there's no flow. It, it, we, don't spe- we don't follow Tootie and see her having trouble or she's not having the kind of trouble she ought to be having for the kind of thing she had wrong with her. Exactly. And why suddenly she can't hear out of both ears when it seems that she had fluid in, in an ear. They, yeah. They've given her A2, which means it was in one ear, which means she should have been hearing out of the other one. You're right. So I'm a little, maybe this is a doctor in me, but I'm a little puzzled by why they didn't just spend, I don't know, five seconds... Making yeah. a little bit of sense. You know how sometimes like you watch a movie and you're like, where is your continuity person? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This show really needs one. Yeah. Really and needs one. as a doctor, Natalie, can you give any insight to can one catch a cold from having a wet head and going outside? Yes, if it's windy. And um, all those old wives' tales. Remember, I'm an acupuncturist, so I have looked at this from a different perspective. Yeah, from but Eastern medicine. Eastern medicine yeah. versus Western medicine. But all those things your grandmother told you, like uh, don't be barefoot on the floor, don't sit, uh, this is a big one, don't sit on something cold or wet for very long. Like if you go to a game or something, bring a cushion. That's a great way to get a UTI otherwise. Oh, um, wow. The back of your neck, the top of your head, we, we call them, they call them ills in Chinese medicine. Yeah. Wind is a big one. Damp is another one. So you put them together. Yeah. 
asking for trouble. Not that you'll catch a cold, but if you've had germs already kind of sitting on your body trying to get inside, give them a wet head and some wind and they get right inside and go, wee! And wow. yeah, so that is true. That is true. That is true. I had wondered if it was an old wives' yeah, tale yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And, and cover your neck. You go to a Chinese medical school, you see everybody's wearing scarves around their neck because that's a great way to get sick. So you got to keep your back, back of your neck covered. Oh. So... Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not Thank so much, you. but yeah, you're welcome. My my biggest concern, I have to be honest, in, in watching this because remember, I don't really know this show so well. Is Mrs. Garrett always as clueless? Like, like are they really trying to learn the facts of life from her? Because that is obviously why it's taking so long. She just doesn't ever seem to parse out good advice in moments that are calling, screaming yeah. for it. She's better about it typically, but I think in this episode they wanted to give that. This, that distinction to Jerry. They wanted to highlight her as the person with the disability. This is not a very good Mrs. Garrett episode okay. at all. Uh, other than her swinging into action and saying, we're going to the doctor now. That's good. That's on brand for her. But yeah, the other stuff, it's like, yeah, you're their mentor and you're an adult. But more important than that, you're a character on a sitcom. So that's what trumps all, sadly. Um so we're at the end of the episode, and uh, what else? I feel like we, we we went very quickly through your life. You you recently got married this year. I did. To I a fabulously did. lovely woman, Isn't Shirley. She fabulous? She is I know. awesome. It's exciting. And uh, yeah, indeed. It took and, me a while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and quite a few tries. But, yeah. um... <laughs> and that's it. And, uh, and the other thing, I guess I didn't mention it at the beginning, is that you are also Jewish. Yeah, so every year I would have the same three thoughts. Yay, Christmas is coming. Oh, but I'm Jewish. Oh, but it's my birthday. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're a Christmas baby. Yes, I am. So I it, it enabled me to participate a little bit in all of the goings on. So, yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, on yes. Christmas Day, everybody say Merry Christmas and Happy Birthday. I love how the stores are closed and everybody takes the time off and celebrate my birthday. It's so wonderful. Just for you. Yeah. I exactly. know, right? Although I could never have a party in school on my birthday. I brought all those cupcakes and I never took to have any. But Damn it. I'm allergic <laughs> to gluten anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. But it's funny because I am a Jewish person with a Christmas birthday married to a mint. Minister. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There it's you go. You've got uh, all bases covered. I do. I, I absolutely <laughs> do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was fun. I, Even if the show wasn't, this was fun. I, I know, exactly. <laughs> That's what we hope. I'm hoping to take take the pain and ease it and make it a little bit better. Similar to what you do. I'm a, I'm a doctor of vintage television. <laughs> <laughs> except nice. in all the ways that I'm not. <laughs> so do come back again. I hope we have you on again. I absolutely would love soon. to be had again. And uh, I look forward to seeing your next cabaret and the next time we get to perform together. Yay. All right. Soon. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. That was Natalie Dolliner. Such a fun lady. Always enjoy whenever I spend time with her, and we just love to talk about this type of stuff in TV and movies. You've just heard a tiny snippet of a typical conversation between the two of us. Um, This week, I don't really have any other points to make. I'm actually on a deadline. Uh, The show drops on December 4th, early Wednesday morning. Well, guess what? I'm recording this on Tuesday night. I have hours to get this show completed, edited, converted, uploaded, and do all the stuff, so I better get to it. Next week, I'm going to be watching Season 4, Episode 4, The Oldest Living Graduate. And my very special guest is going to be actor, funny man, and physical comic, Brandon Roberts. Thank you again for listening to this week's show, and remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FaceTheFactsPod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash FaceTheFactsPod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts. <laughs>